John chapter 6 and verse number 44. I'm just going to read one verse tonight. A very familiar verse. You've heard me quote this many times from this pulpit. But I want to expound a little bit of it. I'll not give you nearly all what I've had on my heart or what can be said about this. And the Lord may let me return to it. But I'm going to give you some things that I believe God's pleased with tonight. And I want to stick pretty close to what the Lord's given me today. I believe it's from heaven. I believe you need to hear it. And I may reiterate some things that I've said often from this pulpit. But you need to hear it again and again because you need to have these things established and settle in your heart. John chapter 6 verse 44. The Lord Jesus speaking here said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. If the Lord will be my helper tonight, I'm going to give you some things that are very serious tonight on the subject of the drawing of the Holy Spirit of God. The word draw or the drawing of the Holy Ghost of God means to cause to move in a given direction or position by leading. The natural man tonight is inherently religious is inherently given to want to do better and be moral and all of those kinds of things. But the natural man and the Word of God says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? So let's completely remove Satan from the equation. Let's completely remove demons and devils from the equation. Let's completely remove any outside spiritual forces from the equation tonight. In the heart of man that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man in his natural state, in his natural fallen condition, naturally resists the Holy Spirit of God. It's natural for a natural man to want to not respond to the Spirit of God. Because man's heart is so lifted up in pride. Because man by himself is so self-sufficient, he does not want to admit that there's a need of any kind. But tonight, the work of the Holy Spirit, literally, before God ever draws any man to himself, God must draw you away from what stands in your way of being saved. If you're an alcoholic tonight, God, to draw you unto himself, has to break you away from the bondage of alcohol. If you're in bondage to drugs or some illicit activity, For God to draw you to Himself must draw you away from that activity. Literally tonight before you ever get saved, you've got to get sick of who you are. You've got to get sick of your sin. And tonight if your bondage is religious bondage, before Jesus can ever draw you to Himself, He must tear down the walls of religion that are holding you back from getting to God. There are three things 
tonight the work of the Spirit literally breaks down the walls of false peace, the walls of false praise, and the walls of false professions. False peace tonight is a strange phenomenon. Eve, who walked with God in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden, Eve knew the voice of God. Eve did not experience a natural childbirth, was supernaturally created by God Almighty, a mature adult woman taken from the side of her husband Adam. But without divine intervention from the Holy Ghost of God, Satan... The great deceiver through his subtlety of words convinced her to directly disobey the word of God and ultimately plunged all of mankind into the fallen condition we see tonight. That same Satan through his incredible power of deception drew away one third of all of heaven's angels that fell with him. Those angels had experimental knowledge and witnessed the glory and the presence of a holy God, but yet Satan was so deceiving that he literally drew 33% of all of heaven's angels away from God. Tonight, some of you sit here and you think you're smarter than Satan. That's not... Much of a testimony, there are those who sit here tonight, you think you're smarter than God. But God knows who you are, and He knows where you are. Many are so deceived. Today, that same Satan lies, and his deception is far superior to human reasoning. And through feelings and high-elated emotional experiences, through vague impressions... Through doctrinal ignorance, he convinces men that they know God when that could not be farther from the truth. Many are so deceived by a false peace tonight that I've seen this. I've noticed my pastor, Brother Daniel, speak of this often, that men would literally lay on their deathbed without fear of eternal judgment and condemnation and calmly slip from the land of the living into hell's dark torments without so much as a whimper because they're so deceived that in their heart they believe they know God when there is absolutely no scriptural evidence that they've ever experienced the new birth. I've seen that multiple times even in the last few months. Folks that believe they're all right, believe they're ready to meet God, but if you took the Bible and tried to show them what salvation was, you could not find one thing in their life that was similar to or lined up with the Word of God. But yet they say, preacher, I'm ready to meet God. They've had some emotional experience. They've had some new little experience in an altar. They've had something that they've gone through, religious rituals, that somehow Satan... The great deceiver that drew one-third of all heaven's angels has so deceived them, they're absolutely convinced. Down to their last breath, they're ready to meet God. So deceived, in fact, that they'll stand in judgment one day 
After they've been brought up out of the pits of the abyss, after the thousand-year millennial reign, and seven years of the great tribulation, at least 1,000 years later, they'll stand before Jesus Christ and try to convince Him there's been some mistake. God, you know that you know me. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And if it were not for the drawing of the sweet Holy Spirit of God, there's men and women that sit on these pews tonight. If it were not for that drawing power of the Holy Ghost of God, you'd have wound up in hell believing in all your heart you should have went to heaven. I'm telling you, Satan is a deceiver tonight. He'll cause you to have a false peace. He'll cause you to have false praise. Carnal human feelings are so unstable that even a tender-hearted individual through the power of a touching message or a touching song or a testimony may be moved with excited outward show of human emotions. Oftentimes I've seen the atmosphere in a service infiltrated, even frustrated by false worship. False praise that demands the attention of the congregation but does not glorify God. You get in a service, you get to watching somebody and they get to doing something outwardly and emotionally and the whole congregation looks at them instead of glorifying and magnifying the Lamb of God, you mark it down, it is not of God. I was in a service in a church a few years ago with Sister Lori and we went to see a well-known evangelist and I'll be perfectly honest with you, I love this man, I care about him, I don't know what went wrong. But we were in that service that night and Sister Laura and I sat in our place and I watched him stand in that pulpit and he literally tried to move the emotions of the people to some kind of an elated emotion of false worship and those people began to hoop and holler and swing from the chandeliers. And inside my heart the Holy Ghost of God was so grieved I could not even grunt. And I watched that night as they gave an invitation and some ladies stood up to sing and one of those precious dear ladies began to preach. And I was so grieved I thought I'd die. And I, I, honest for the Lord, as reverently as I could, I did not try intentionally to make a show. I did not intentionally try to make some kind of statement. But I was so grieved, I took my wife by the hand. I stood up and I walked out the door and left that church service that night. On the way home, my wife and I looked at one another in great disappointment. And I said, honey, I don't know what's wrong, but sweetheart, it ain't just you. That was not of God. Within three or four months of that time, that precious preacher that was preaching that night, trying to drum that audience up, his wife had took off with another man. And the last I heard of him, he was completely out of the ministry and had a little girlfriend riding a Harley Davidson. What I'm telling you is that there are times that people do things and act certain ways outwardly. And you need to have the discernment to know that it's not of God. Because Satan has the ability to put a false praise on people. I was in another state. 
a little while back and we saw a precious gentleman there and he was supposed to have had a fantastic salvation testimony. And we met this guy, hadn't been around him but a little bit, but there in another state, we met with him and we got ready to leave and got in the car that night. My wife looked at me and she said, Honey, I don't, I don't care what anybody says, I'm scared of him. I said, Honey, you don't argue with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let me help you out, church. It don't matter what the outward appearance is. If the Holy Ghost of God tells you something on the inside, please do not argue with the Holy Ghost of God. If God tells you something's wrong, dear child, something's wrong. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to understand all about it. You don't have to know all the ins and outs and have all the little pieces of the puzzle. If God checks you in your heart and says something ain't right, just take it for what it is something ain't right. I listened to three preaching messages before I ate lunch today. And I heard that man on every one of those messages hooping and hollering. I mean, he was shouting and hooping and hollering on those messages. And that's been several years ago. But today, that man is a methamphetamine addict and a whoremonger. And I'm telling you, you don't argue with the Holy Ghost of God because we've lived in a society in the South where everybody believes that if you can jump up and down and hoop and holler, it must be of God. Let me help you out tonight. Satan, the great deceiver that drew one-third of all of heaven's hosts can put such a spirit of false praise on men, they're absolutely convinced they're worshiping God. Real worship magnifies and glorifies the Lamb of God, not men. Real worship in the Holy Ghost of God looses the power of the Holy Ghost to let others worship in the Spirit. The real worship of God is a whole lot different from praise. You can praise God and Him never show up to get it. I mean, I can brag on Jody for being a good brick mason and him not be around. But you can't worship God without him being there to receive the worship. You say, well, there's times when God shows up and I see people worship and I don't know if they're saved or not. Let me help you out with this. Have you ever worshipped alone when there wasn't that atmosphere and there wasn't anybody else around? Thank God I was sitting this morning in my little chair listening to a man of God preach the Word of God. And I was just sitting there with my headphones by myself listening. And thank God the Holy Ghost of God came by and began to stir in my soul. I begin to weep and wave my hand and say glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. There wasn't anybody there to see it or anybody to know it was taking place, but real worship, you ought to be able to do it by yourself. I'm not being ugly, I'm being observant. There's some of you can't worship in here. I know you don't worship by yourself. I know better. God knows better too. Satan can so put a false spirit on you. You can believe you're right. I was sitting under a tent at a tent meeting in Seagrove, North Carolina. There was a man came under that tent and there was something strange about him. And he came in the middle of the day and that man talked in scripture verses. I've been around precious few individuals that I've ever met that could quote as much scripture as that man quoted that day. I mean, every bit of what he said come out of his mouth came out with scripture verses. That man left, and I talked to the evangelist that we were doing the meeting together there. 
in Seagrove and he said, you watch that man. He's full of demons. He said he walked up to his son. He's just got out of prison. And he said he walked up to his son and blowed his son's brains out for no reason. He said that man's full of demons and you stay away from him. The devil can so fill you with religion. You'll be absolutely convinced you're right. False praise and then false professions. The word profess means to openly, publicly declare or testify. You need sometimes a little bit of time to sort things out. That's why I'm not real big on standing folks up here in this altar when they've got through crying and talking to God and say, tell everybody what happened. They might not know what happened. Sometimes you need some time to get along and some time just to see if there really has been a change in your life. And most of the time I try to be real careful to watch folks before I ever stand them up and say, give us your testimony because I want to see an evidence of a change in their life. I mean, I want to see their attitude change. I want to see them come in with the peace of God on their face and they got some worship in them and, and folks notice and there's something different taking place. But you need some time to get that sorted out before you publicly make any kind of a statement of your position. You need some time to get it sorted out. Many will tell and fabricate a story so long they convince themselves that it's true. If you say something long enough and loud enough, you can convince everybody around you, but it will not make it true. Then when God begins to deal with someone, Satan's such a liar. Satan stands up and says, you've opened your mouth and you can't turn back. It's a lie. That's a lie, ain't it, Miss Carol? It's a lie, ain't it, Brother Bob? It's a lie. And Satan will try to lie to you. Take folks with a false profession. Try to say you've gone so far now you can't get out of this thing. I'm telling you tonight, the reason God has to deal with some people the way He deals with them in such mighty force and mighty power is the more strongholds you've built up and the more walls of resistance you've built up the harder he's got to pull to draw you away from them you don't have to be religious you may be an ordinary sinner you may just be an ordinary person never made much of a pretense about anything the reason men and women have to go through so much is because they've built up so many walls of resistance but I thank God for the enduring power of the sweet Holy Ghost of God, that it begins to draw and it begins to work and it begins to deal with men and women and begins to trouble their soul and begins to bother them and move on them. And I've seen individuals that have said, Preacher Mike, before I got saved, God was bothering me for months. I remember one that stood and testified in this building not so long ago. They said, God's been dealing with me for one year. What's God doing? God is drawing you away, trying to break down the resistance, trying to break down all the walls and defenses you put up, all the excuses that you put up, and God literally wires you down to the place where you get tired of fighting. And there has to come a time, and I've watched sinner after sinner go, sometimes for two weeks, sometimes for two or three days, 
They're under so much conviction that they can't look at anybody. They don't want to be around anybody. They don't want to hear anybody's voice. They cry at a heartbeat. They're so troubled on the inside. They've got to do something to fill up their mind to keep from thinking about being lost. There's two ways you can deal with that when it gets to that point. Number one is to humbly yield yourself to the drawing, wooing spirit of a holy God. The number two way for you to deal with that is to stand firmly and say, God, leave me alone. God, would you just quit bothering me? Don't bother me anymore. Holy Ghost, would you go away and just don't bother me about this anymore? You can get your wish. But if you'll tenderize yourself, and if you'll humble yourself before God. I watched a 50-year-old man sit on my porch this week in tears. Sit, preacher Mike, I'm lost. And I'm tired of living like I'm living. I'm tired of doing like I'm doing. And I ain't going to stay this way no more. He said, preacher, if God will open my door for me, I'll go through it. You didn't pray God will open my door. Well, I tell you what, he's close. He's close to getting what he's looking for. But until you get tired of playing your silly little religious game, putting up your defenses, saying, I'm all right, there's really nothing wrong. And every time you get around the Holy Ghost of God, God troubles your soul. Why don't you just be honest and say, I'm lost? Nobody's going to laugh. Nobody's going to make fun. Tonight, I'm not trying to twist your arm. I'm not trying to knock the props out from under you. I'm trying to help you not wake up in hell one day and say, I thought I was supposed to go to heaven. God loves you. He cares about you. He can give you the greatest peace and the greatest joy. And you walk around and you're sour and you're miserable and you've got no peace. You've got no joy. There's nothing in your soul to give you any spring in your step or a song in your heart. Bitterness, envy, and strife. And the world you live in is full of misery. And you do not know God. And the drawing of the Holy Ghost of God is there to break down those barriers. To break down those walls and make it easier for you. Jesus has to draw you to himself. But before he ever gets you to himself, you've got to let go of that other stuff. And the harder you hold on to it, And the more you're attached to it, the harder he's got to pull to get you away. You wonder sometimes why some people seem like they get saved so easy. And some people go through so much before they ever get saved. I can tell you why that is. Some people just have a humble, tender heart. And they ain't built up a whole lot of walls of resistance. They've not made a lot of pretense. They're just who they are. And God, the Holy Ghost, begins to deal with them. And they may fight it a little bit, but it ain't long till they break loose. But there's other folks that have built great monstrous walls. And they say, Preacher, you just don't know what I'm facing. Preacher, you just don't know what I've got to deal with. I've dealt with folks in the past several days that have baggage in their life that some of you cannot even begin to imagine the things I've heard come out of people's mouths in the last two weeks of things they deal with every day. You wouldn't even believe it. There's some of you tonight, God's dealing with you. 
God's speaking to you. You may have a whole lot of things you've got to overcome. But the first thing you've got to overcome, if there was no devil, if there was no demons, and if there was no external spiritual forces fighting against you, in your heart, even an eight-year-old child resists the Holy Ghost of God because it's not natural to our human flesh. There's a natural part of man that pushes against God. But when God draws you, He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to do anything against you. He's trying to help you. God's been speaking to some of you. God may give you an opportunity right now to get out of the bondage you're in. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes?